Shall we open our Bibles and we read from Book of John, chapter 18, please? Book of John, chapter 18. We start from verse 33. John 18, 33. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, saying, Thou this, excuse me, Jesus answered him, saith thou these things of thyself, or did others tell, tell it thee to me, of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servant fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this and I was, and was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate said unto him, What is truth? This morning we have a question from Brother Rick said, Lord, what want me to do? This evening we have another question. What is truth? What is truth? In a world of confusion, world everybody adopt their own truth. We need to know what is truth. And I would suggest for you think that it is not truth. Before we start to talk about what is truth. Truth is not some people they come and agree for something and they believe in it and they say, this is by laws, this is what we are holding fast, so we're gonna call it truth. That's not the truth. That's what they believe. It is truth, but it is not the truth. Truth is not a good intention. You could adopt some kind of false teaching and you don't know. And you act according this with a full good intention, but that's not based on truth. Truth it is not that we can 
That's what I believe. What is believed, it is not truth. Because you could believe in lies, and lies is not the truth. Still, a lie, even you believe in it. Believe in the truth, it is different than you make up your own truth. You have to search for the truth. Is there absolute truth in this world? Everybody say no. But here this evening we say yes, there is absolute truth. And when you find it, you hold on it and don't get confused. I like to read John 14, please. We're going to learn what is truth. Chapter 14, John 14, verse 6, and we talked about this, I talked about this last time. Jesus said unto him, I am, that's after being asked, show us the way. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. So now we find that the truth is a person, a person of Christ. Can we get confused about God himself? He is the truth. Is there any doubt of us that we know what we believe then? Before he said, I am the truth, he said, I am the way. If he is the way to you, you got to hold him as the truth and the source of the truth. He is the source. He the one can tell me about the truth. I can't go anywhere else. How can I believe in the one leading me to him? He is the way. I find him. I was lost and I am found. I was cast out. I am embraced by him. He the one saved me. How cannot go back to him to search for the truth? Do you know if I find him? I found the truth. Simple. I don't have to go somebody else to ask or to find any more truth. He is sufficient for me. I, I want to explain something about Christianity. Christianity is not divided. It's not parts to take it and you love it and you leave the rest. 
Christianity is Christ. And start from Genesis to Revelation, all of it, himself in unity. If I divide the truth, I am not satisfied with Christ. He's not sufficient to me. If he's a delight of the Father, wouldn't be the delight of my life? If the Father is satisfied with his Son and his work in the cross of Calvary, and all he did according to his will, submit himself completely to him, wouldn't be enough for me to be satisfied that he will be all in all. I don't go anywhere else. If I have any solution away from him, why? I couldn't save myself. Do you know sometimes I find Christianity and the word of God it make more sense than anything else. The people that they, they get confused, I said, don't worry about anything that use the logic, use the common sense. It is everything, it is clear. Let me bring you something about the mind of God that he revealed to us in his son. Don't ever, ever think that God does things as it comes. Oh, wait a minute. Adam sinned. I have to do something. Oh, I didn't expect that. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, I didn't plan for this. Oh, Satan spoiled it on me, ruined the plan. No, no, that wouldn't be God. That wouldn't be our God at all. Maybe I went a little bit far from my thoughts, but bear with me because we should be really fanatic about our God and our savior. You call the Muslims fanatic for what they believe and they die for their belief and it is false truth. And we are holding the truth and we can't stand for our God and his truth. The Bible telling us that whatever God designed in heaven before the creation. He made a model, heavenly model. And he started here. Everything you see in the word of God, it's been designed before it happened. Brother and sister, God is out of time. We are locked in time. God is from eternity past to eternity to come. Everything is open to him. Everything happened to him. To him, everything is clear to him. Let's lift our eyes up. Let's raise our standard from this earthly thoughts and be heavenly and see the mind of God as it is. God designed salvation before he created mankind. And that's why when he created Adam, 
he put him to sleep. Because the design there is to put his son on the cross to die, and then he will get the church. So here it is. Whatever he had in his mind about his church to bring it to his son, when he created Adam, he put him to sleep as Jesus died on the cross. And out of Adam came Eve. How beautiful is Eve. And out of Christ, or out of his death, out of his sleep, sort kind of exactly like when Adam slept, the church came out of him. Beautiful church, his bride. When he created Adam, let me talk about creation. Do we have new creation? What is new creation? Our uh, brother Dave, in our graduation and potluck lunch, he said, to be born again, it is resemble when you born the first time. Your first birth, like the second birth. You don't get to be born in stages. <laughs> Little by little, and then finally we got a baby. No. No. When you get be born again, it is by faith, through the grace, done. You are not going to take forever or generation that you can reach to state of salvation. That's what God has in mind when he created Adam. Adam, he was created. We can't go and play with these truths. Do you know why we can look here and there? Because the heart is not full of him. It's not satisfied with him. It is not surrendering to him. He is the truth. You find him, you find the truth. You want to question him? Question his truth. But I don't think somebody trusted him can question him anymore. He's your savior. He died for you and for me. He loved me. me. How can't I trust him? How can't I believe him? So he is the truth. And he is alive. Without the truth, we have no life that can be pleasing to him. I'm not discounting somebody gets saved and he live not a life according to the gospel, according to his word. No, there is. And that's why we classify believers as spiritual believers and carnal believers. People, they live by faith. The spirit is strong. They meditate on the word. They love the Lord. And all their lives is for submission to the Lord. And people, just I got saved, and they can go by their business. Listen, we need to honor the Lord. We need to honor the Lord in everything we do. 
He honored us in many, many ways. He honored us this morning when he said, come and remember me. Who are we? We don't deserve it. We sit, and he is in the midst, and we doing something he asked us to do. And here it is. The angels looking down and say, look at the redeemed ones. They are worshiping. They are remembering the Savior that he is seating on the right hand of the majesty on high. We, we are the dirty people. We are the dust of the world. We are nothing. He honored us for this. Listen, he honored us in our marriage. And I'm going to just little bit of this to the time. Do you know, if you don't honor him in his marriage, you are not honoring him. Do you know why? Because the marriage is a symbol of his relationship with his church. He loved the church. He died for the church. Any marriage doesn't resemble this. You want to honor him? Honor him in your marriage. You want to dishonor him? Dishonor the marriage. Simple. A relationship between husband and wife, it is the same as Christ with the church. I don't see he, is that he died for the church and he is harsh on the church. He's loving. He's kind. Even with our fault and shortcoming, he still loves us. Do we do this for our spouses, our wives? He is leading us. Do we do the lead in our homes? And for those who hasn't started their life, I'm giving a red light. If the Lord is not honored in your marriage, stop there. Stop there. You start with disobedient, you will suffer the consequences. Not because he's not loving, because he disobeyed him. Don't mock him. Honor him. Please. Please. Take it from people left before you. I, I listened to older people before, and I'm passing this to the young people. It has to be honoring to him when you start relationship. So let's honor him when we believe him, when we trust him. He is the truth. If we honor him, he will fill our hearts with love to him that really I can't do anything without him. Honor him in your job. Do it as unto the Lord. He gave you this job. Your employer is not your boss. He is. Honor him. Honor him for whatever you say, whatever you do. Honor him. He is the truth and he is the life. We should live for him. 
What is truth? Do you know what is truth? It is his word, the word of God. Let's read uh, still in John 17, 17. That's Jesus, our Savior, praying for us. Sanctify them through by thy truth. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. Can I divide my Savior and say, I love in him these things, but really I don't like what he said about that? Do you know, if, if you take him as a whole Savior, you take his word as a whole. You don't say, do you know, the New Testament is okay. The Old Testament, just I can't stand it. This book, I, I really love it more than this book. It is his word, all of it. I, uh, I understand that the Jewish people, they have five books, which is Moses' books, and then they have the Psalm and the prophets. That's how they divide the word of God. Let's see if God gave us this exactly the same way being delivered. It's the same we have it. I will take you to remind you about Jesus when he was 12 years of age. Okay? If you haven't thought of this, let's, let's imagine. Here's a child, 12 years, going to the temple sitting with the elders and the leaders of the Jewish nation, and actually the leader of the religion, and he discussing with them the scripture. Then, he didn't go one time. This is only the times that mentioned, but he went another time in the Nazareth in the synagogue. Can I ask you a question? If Jesus was reading and find something was changed, was changed from the original, okay. The Holy Spirit gave the word of God, inspired. The Holy Spirit is God. Jesus is God in flesh. He was walking here. And the God, the Father, all are the witness for the word that's been given. Inspired. So here it is. Jesus knows that the Holy Spirit is inspired, and he's reading it. Do you think if he finds a mistake or something wrong, wouldn't be known to us in this world? But let us read two examples, okay? I'm taking you to Isaiah 
61. We've been studying the book of Isaiah in uh, Wednesday, and we are in chapter 10, so come and join us. It is a very beautiful study. Sixty-one. It says, "The spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good things, good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to to bind up the broken-hearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and the opening of the prison to them." that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God. That's what Isaiah wrote by the Spirit. Let's see, go to Luke 4, please. And start from verse 16. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue. And this is what I'm saying, his custom. He always go there. He always in touch of the word of God in the synagogue or the temple. He went into synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. That's what we read a few minutes, a few seconds ago. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. And we always know that he didn't read the last one, which is it says the vengeance here. There is no vengeance here. So if you can see that this time is not yet, has not come yet, so proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance. Let's stop there. But he said to them when he read this, that's exactly is being fulfilled now. The other part of vengeance still to come. Exactly. He know what he's reading. He, he knew when he stops. He put his stamp, his seal, on this prophecy. He read it. And he knew that it wouldn't be given by the Holy Spirit to Isaiah. How can I don't trust him when he bring me all these things, and I'll see it. 
he giving me his authority, his authority to tell me the Bible is my word. This is the word of God. By my authority, I'm telling you, I read it. Let's take some few verses to see his authority in proving the word of God. Let's look at Mark 7.13. Let's go back and... Uh, They are talking, let's see, from talking about some for Moses, uh, verse 10, for Moses said, honor thy father and thy mother, and whose curses father or mother, let him die the death. But they changed this and they said, and yet suffer him no more to do aught for his father and his mother. But he's Jesus telling them that that's what is written, making the word of God, making the word of God. Jesus here telling them that what has been said about your father, this is the word of God. He's proving that what has been in the law, in the book of Moses, it is the word of God. Let's look at Luke 24. Twenty-seven, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets. Here it is. So he moved from the five book of Moses to the books of the prophets. He expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Let's look at Verse 44, and he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, number one, and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. All the Jewish books the three of them, been mentioned, approved with his authority. Book of Moses, Psalms, and the prophets. All has been told us. He is the truth, and his word is the truth. And when we see, Let's see in John 14, 26. Back to John. Verse 
but the comforter which is in which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. What's he talking about? About the New Testament, about the New Testament books. That's what the Holy Spirit is going to tell us about. The Gospels. Here it is. He's talking about that the Holy Spirit will tell you everything I spoke about. It. Somebody say, wait a minute. The Gospels are recollection of the disciples for what happened. And they might forget something or they couldn't recall. Yeah, that's true. I agree, but the gospel wasn't a recollection of their own. It was given to them by the Holy Spirit, and that's what he said here. One more time, John 16, 13 and 14. Here it is, start verse 12. I have yet many things to say unto you. Now we're talking about the epistles. We talk about the gospel, we're going to talk about the epistles. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot, what? Bear them. Now, how bit when he, the spirit of the truth, is come, he will guide you into all, all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Revelation. So he proved, he's put his seal to the Old Testament. Now he's telling us about the Gospels, about the Epistles, about the Revelation, things to come. And the thing that they couldn't understand it, which has been even, Peter said about what Paul, he said, it is hard to understand. Sometimes Paul tried to you. So these things that we couldn't really, he said, there's many things I can tell you, but you can't. Because without the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the truth, we couldn't understand it. The disciples couldn't understand it. But he, when he was raised from the dead, lifted up, the Holy Spirit came. Now, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. All the writing, not of themselves. And this is what I want to get your attention. If you love the Lord, believe him. All it takes Read what he said. You don't have to prove anything from anywhere else. Everything is here in the word of God. I can't go to somebody who has no spirit of Christ. And they come telling me about the book that from the beginning to the end talking about Christ. I can't 
import any information about the word of God away from God himself. We are living in time that philosophy of man is everywhere. And I want to go to Galatians, book of Galatians, to have our warning here, chapter 2. Colossians, I'm sorry, Colossians. Colossians chapter 2. Verse 8, Colossians 2, 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of man, after the rudiment of the word world, and not after Christ. We should be after Christ, following Christ, listening to Christ, obeying Christ. And he's the truth. And his word is the truth. And we should submit completely to his word of God. Then we can be pleasing to him. Do you know, to worship him according to his word, he will accept it. If we have divided heart, not fully for him, we can't give him what he deserves and what he is worthy of. Our heart is sometimes get saddened when we see that we listen to the world more than we listen to him. The world is our enemy. He prayed for us not to be in the world. We are in the world, but not of the world. How can I trust my enemy? Maybe, may the Lord help us. I would like to invite my brother Bob McKay for leading the song 214. And he can close in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank thee, especially for thy son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we continue to read in thy word that in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Father, we know that he is the word. And if we can trust him, we can trust your word, Father. Father, it is something precious you have given to us. You've given us not only your son, the perfect and holy one that proceeds from the bosom of the Father. But, Father, you have given him incarnate in, in, in your holy word. Father, we read in Hebrews that in, the, in these days you have spoken us to, us to us through thy Son in his word. So, Father, it is a precious thing we have. Thank you for revealing more of yourself, more of your Son, more of your word to us tonight. We pray that we would be challenged, that we would uh, strive to bear the name of Jesus Christ and bear his word before us as we walk from day to day. We thank you for all these things in that precious name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.